In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who unites His feast with our fast. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, tonight, Ash Wednesday, is traditionally one of the sort of high fasts of the church year. And I know that a lot of times, a lot of these liturgical traditions, well, they just seem like we do them every year and we're not quite sure why we do them and what, how they're connected to anything else. And so tonight, you're going to learn a little bit about Ash Wednesday. You're going to learn that Ash Wednesday is this thing that's called a movable feast. But instead of being a feast, it's actually a fast. So it's a movable fast. And what that means is that it doesn't show up every year on the same date. It's not like you can set your your alarm on your Google calendar to tell you when Ash Wednesday is going to be unless you have some special Google calendar that figures that all out. And the reason that Ash Wednesday bounces around from time to time, sometimes it's in February. One year it was on my birthday in March. The reason that it moves around is because the date for Easter moves around. And the celebration of Ash Wednesday is connected to the celebration of Easter. And so depending on when Easter is, you count back to arrive at Ash Wednesday. And so this year, Easter falls on April 5th. We expect to see all of you here. It falls on April 5th. And because of that, then you count backwards and you come up with Ash Wednesday. But how do we figure out that it's April 5th? Well, way back when, at the Council of Nicaea, in about the 300s A.D., they decided that they were going to have one date for Easter. Because, you see, it seemed like every other church was figuring this out in a different way, and some were going with this date from Passover, and other people were trying to do the math from this date, and they said, well, let's just consolidate everything. And so... Easter falls every year after the first, the Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox. Now you can write that down and you will always know when Easter is. Or if not, you can probably just Google it. But the fact that Ash Wednesday is connected to Easter like that is no mistake. The fact that Ash Wednesday moves along in synchronization with Easter's date is not a mistake. And in a lot of ways, it tells us something about who we are. And it tells us something about who Jesus is. You see, Jesus' biggest holiday isn't Christmas. 
The biggest holiday for Jesus is actually Easter. It's the day that we celebrate His victory. It's the day that we celebrate that He came out of the grave. It is the day that we celebrate eggs and ham. But it's important that we have those things. Because those things to us in our culture mean something. Even those peeps that do crazy things when you microwave them. Even those things mean something to our celebration of Easter. And they mean that it is a time for us to gather together and to feast. Which is kind of a crazy concept if you think about it in terms of what the rest of the world is going to go home and eat today. I mean, if you think about it, the fact that we eat all of the rich, fatty foods that we do as an American culture in comparison with so many other cultures, it's amazing that we can even think of ramping that up anymore to say this is a feast now. We have to come up with things like peeps in order to make them feasts. But we live in a culture where we can order pizza with an app on our phone. This sense of what it means to be hungry It's just something that we don't really understand in the same way that perhaps some other people in the world do. Or maybe, if you just look around a little bit closer, some people just right here in Tallahassee. And so, in this world where we're filled with all of this good, rich food. I think sometimes the question that we come up with is, why would I fast? Or even, what is a fast? To be real, we're inside of a Lutheran church building right now. This tribe is not known for fasting. In fact, if you ask Lutherans about their relationship with food, you'll probably get a few jokes about potlucks. We're very good at the feasting. We don't quite understand the fasting. But fasting is who we are. Ash Wednesday, in a lot of ways, is who we are. On this day, traditionally, we hear these very same readings. In fact, if you haven't been here since last Ash Wednesday, there's a reason that you're hearing the same readings. We actually read different ones on the Sundays. (laughs) But we read these because they have this sense of, first of all, in the book of Joel, of calling this fast, this solemn assembly of people together so that they can come to God. So that they can focus on God. 
so that they're not worried about having to run home and going to prepare food because they don't have the Domino's app. They can just concentrate on, this is my time to pray to God. And it's a time for us to reflect on perhaps the emptiness and hunger that we sometimes feel in ourselves. That emptiness and hunger that you hear in the psalm. That emptiness and hunger that cries out, create in me a clean heart. That emptiness that says, I need to be filled up with something and as much as I eat all of this other stuff that's around me, I just can't seem to get satisfied. And so maybe the thing to do in this fast is instead of trying to fill ourselves up with things, is to just embrace the hunger. And to say there is that hunger inside of me. I need a clean heart and I can't do that by myself. I need to be forgiven of my sins and I just can't. As much as Oprah tells me I can, I cannot forgive myself for these things that I have done. And it seems like that's where the Apostle Paul is in our reading from 2 Corinthians. Where the Apostle Paul is saying that he is at that point where he has just embraced the hunger. And as he embraces the hunger, something weird and phenomenal and almost paradoxical seems to happen to him. He says, well, it's like we're... It's like everybody says that we're dead, but here we are, we're alive. It's like we're poor, but we have plenty of money to give to people. There's this, this paradox that it just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem to connect up the feast and the fast, the law and the gospel, the death and the life. It needs something to connect. And that thing that connects is Jesus. As I mentioned earlier, throughout this Lent, we're going to be talking about Jesus as the great I and. And that's really who He is. If you think about what Jesus does for us, He is our greatest conjunction. And if you know the song, conjunction, junction, what's your function? Jesus' function is to bring us together with God. Jesus' function is to bring heaven together with earth. Jesus' function is to bring God together with man. Jesus' function is even to bring death together with life. 
That's where we're at tonight. Tonight, as we begin this solemn fast, we recognize a hunger that we have deep inside of us. We recognize that hunger that we have for immortality, that hunger for the eternal, that hunger for not dying. And we do that by coming forward and having ashes smeared on our head while I tell you probably some of the most disconcerting words that you will ever hear from a Lutheran pastor on a regular basis. Every year you hear this from me. Dust you are. And to dust you shall return. No matter how young you are, no matter how pretty you are, no matter how handsome you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much virtue you own, no matter what people think of you, no matter what you use to fill yourself up at night, when you go to bed in order to tell you that you are worth something, tonight you know that it's all a wash. Because dust you are. And to dust you shall return. Tonight we embrace that hunger. But we don't embrace that hunger alone. In fact, it'd be pretty awful if that's where we left you. I think sometimes that that is why we come to this service sometimes is to get this sense of beating myself up so that finally I can feel like, well, maybe I'm a little bit better in the eyes of God. And we completely blow over that whole absolution thing. That whole thing where the forgiveness is given to you. That whole thing where I stand here and I say that as a called and ordained servant of the Word, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We cannot forget about that. That is the feast. We can't just fast. Interestingly, Ernest Hemingway, after he passed away, had left some character sketches of his time in Paris. He left these character sketches that said, well, pretty nasty things about the Fitzgeralds, especially Zelda. Yes, good laughter. Makes my English major heart proud. And they were published posthumously, and so he never got a chance to, to actually name this work. And so, as the people were going through, and, and they were trying to look for a name for these gathered stories, they found a quote from a letter that Hemingway had written. 
And he had written this quote and he said that these stories were all about his time in Paris. And he said that if you were lucky enough to be a young man in Paris during this age, well then, wherever you went, Paris followed you. That it was a movable feast. And that's what they ended up calling this work. Based on that idea that when Hemingway was living in Paris, all of these memories and all of these things that were so much a part of him then followed him around through the rest of his life up until the end of his life. That these movable feasts were following him around. And that's the case for us. We have this movable fast of Ash Wednesday. And the recognition of our sins and the recognition of our hunger and the recognition of all of those things that we need that we can't fill up ourselves. And we take those things along with us as we go on this journey to the feast. And so that when we arrive at April 5th, that we will drag Ash Wednesday along with us. And as we drag Ash Wednesday along with us, on that day when we consider that Jesus Christ has raised from that tomb and offers us forgiveness of sins again and again and again until the point that we are finally in the resurrection, we have this sense that we will follow our days as little Ash Wednesdays up until the point when we are in that resurrection hall and we look back at this amass of forgiven sins and we say, give me some ham! (laughs) It's time to feast. So tonight we begin that fast. All over again in recognition of the feast. The feast that He won for us on a cross like that. Amen.